Logan and Catherine here. Welcome back to Hey Babe, Conquer Your World. Today's topic is self-image. Honestly, self-image is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I think because I have recently completely changed mine. With that being said, Catherine, tell us what self-image is. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, just as Logan says, self-image is also one of my favorite topics because when I changed my self-image, my whole life changed. And in our field of work, um, there's a book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And Bob Proctor is super fond of this book. He, he references it in a lot of his YouTube videos um, and in a lot of his workings because this book basically is about a plastic surgeon and this dates all the way back to like our first podcast when Logan was talking about being um, overweight and then losing the weight or having um, a whole new image of herself like physically and then not really feeling that on the inside. So the same with the plastic surgeon, he, you know, like for example, do a nose reduction on twin men and one man would be super happy his personality would change he would feel so much better about himself and then the other man with the exact same reconstructive surgery still is not confident still has issues with himself and so if if you look at this from above that shows you that it is not your physical appearance that is you know the the whole the whole thing about like making you love yourself. It's really about what you think of yourself on the inside. So there is this, um, again, this book. And one of the first paragraphs in here is called Your Key to a Better Life. And I'm just gonna read a couple sentences out of this because I think it describes really good what it is that we're gonna be talking about. So let's see here. The most important psychological discovery of this century is the discovery of the self-image. And whether we realize it or not, each of us carries about with us a mental blueprint or picture of ourselves. It may be vague and ill-defined to our conscious gaze. In fact, it may not be consciously recognizable at all, but it is there, uh, complete and down to the last detail. This self-image is our own conception of the sort of person we are. It's been built up from our own beliefs about ourselves, but most of the most of these beliefs about ourselves have unconsciously been formed from past experiences, both success and failures, our humiliations, our triumphs, and the way that other people have reacted to us, especially in early childhood. From all of these, we mentally construct a self or a picture of ourself. And once an idea or a belief about ourselves goes into this picture, it becomes what we call is true. As far as we personally are concerned, we do not question its validity, but we proceed to act upon it just as if it were true. This self-image becomes the golden key to living a better life because of two important discoveries. So the first one is all of your actions, your feelings, your behaviors, even your ability are always consistent with the self-image. 
And the second thing is that the self-image can be changed. So that was a long-winded answer for a short question, but what is self-image? It is the idea, um, what you believe yourself to be, like who you think you are on the inside. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, like Catherine said, this book really, I think this book is the sole purpose of me understanding my self-image along with obviously our teachings. But um, I know like just going back to what she was reading about how we think something pretty much and it becomes true and it can be changed. And that's all you're doing with your self-image is changing it to a more positive, a more light, a more fulfilling image of yourself. Um, and I don't know about you, Catherine, but I know before I started all this work and really diving into myself and changing who I was, my self-image was awful. And I don't think I realized how bad it was until diving into my self-development just because it came so natural. Like it, it was never questioned until I started thinking of what I was actually thinking of myself. And then it was like kind of a shocker. I know it made me a little depressed in the beginning. Yeah, it can be rough looking at how you look at yourself and, and um, how you, how you can go back and, you know, think about who you are now, how you act, how you walk, talk, how you behave. And you can literally like go back in time and see how comments, just like the book said, wins, failures, all the things have literally created who you think you are. And it's, I, gosh, there's so many different things I could say about this, but like for me personally, I would always do something really good and then stop and then do something really good and then stop. And so I would have people tell me you're a quitter, right? You're a quitter. You don't mm -hmm. tough it out. Like you, you, you quit before you're, you're at the end goal or, or whatever. So when I started working on my self-image, one of the things was for one coming out of that, I'm not confident, right? I'm not well-spoken. I have a stutter and I'm a failure. I quit. I don't, you know, like all of those things I, I, I thought about myself. And so I thought it would be powerful, Logan and I both to come on here and kind of give you a description of what we believed ourselves to be at first, and then how to kind of, you know, repaint or redefine who you want to be. There's another little part of the book that I could read to kind of get you a jump start there. Um, and then how that affects your life going forward. So Logan, what do you what do you say was your self-image in a nutshell when you started self-development? Ooh, okay. So, well, it's not getting emotional here today, but it may happen. <laughs> um, I think like the question I, that really got me realizing that my self-image was um, on the poorer side was the question they asked uh, us in the trainings of what is your inner dialogue? And I remember the first day doing this, um, especially like, like I said, you know, I never realized how hateful I was towards myself until I actually wrote it out and could see it on paper. Um, but you know, being overweight, like I was always told, you know, you can't do that because of the way you look or no, that doesn't, you know, 
not that clothes didn't fit me, but like, I would want to do something. And it was always like, oh no, that doesn't fit with you. Or no, you can't do that. Cause you don't look the part or, um, you know, like even throughout high school, like I would like a guy and it would be like, oh, you're not my type, but I could be your type to be like your best friend. And people always told me you have one of the best personalities and you're so like, your face is so beautiful. Literally people would say your face is so beautiful. Mm. And it was like, oh, but you're not my type. Well, we all know what you're talking about there, you know? And it was just like, I realized that I was thing, saying those same things to myself. You know, I would get an idea of wanting to do something and it was like, oh no, you can't do that. You don't look the part, you know? And the crazy thing about it, I like, you know, I've said on here that I've lost 192 pounds and I still thought that way. Like, until mm-hmm. I really dove into my um, self-image, you know, I still th- thought that way, even losing the 192 pounds and I looked completely different, but I still thought that way or, you know, my, um, I call him my sperm donor because he's not my dad, but um, he was very abusive and um, did drugs, you know, all growing up throughout my life. I haven't you know, even communicated with him in the last 15 years, but I always felt that because of him leaving, I always felt like everyone else around me was leaving. So I would always put other people's needs before mine in fear of, let me just do whatever makes them happy. So they don't leave me. And that is like, I know now the wrongest way to think. Um, but just some of those or, you know, I remember looking in the mirror and like lizard literally physically being like, I hate you. (laughs) Like, I do not Mm. like you. Like, I hate the way you look. I hate who you are. And, you know, even I went through points of my life where, you know, I didn't want to be living anymore. Like I, I was so miserable and so down on myself. And I, when I say I hated me, I really like, it's, so sad that I literally did hate me like as someone hates eating tomatoes like I hated me and it was hard like I mean that life is it's miserable and I'm just very thankful that I found who I am today wow that's powerful that's just that almost has me speechless um it's not until don't you agree that though it's not until you dig deep and really write those things out and bring them to the surface that you can then replace it with the opposite right oh yeah I mean I think that's what was the hardest part about like really diving into my self-image was writing it out because once you write it and you literally you know like be honest with yourself in the way you're feeling and how you see yourself, you start realizing that that's actually what you're thinking and you think it more often than not. And I think that's what made me so depressed when I started doing all this work is because I was aware of what I was actually thinking and it didn't just seem to be true anymore. Like it was like, oh, I know this isn't true, but this is what I think of myself. And it was, it was sad. It was really tough. Wow. You know, I just flipped to a random page in this book and this is just how energy works. Right. But it says what others think creates. Okay. So it says 
when you become too consciously concerned about what others think, when you become too careful to consciously try to please other people, when you become too sensitive to the real, um, let's see, the real disapproval of other people, then you have excessive negative feedback and poor performance. That's like depending on external external forces to define who you are. I think mm -hmm. most of the people I have come in contact with they feel this way. They don't go live on Facebook for their business because they're worried about what other people are going to think. And that's so external and it really, really dumbs down your power. I truthfully believe that when you start stepping into who you really are and what your passions are, I think everything aligns. And that goes into the, uh, into this other part. It says discovery of the self-image explains all the apparent discrepancies we've been discussing. Let's see. So the great secret to really live um, and to find life reasonably satisfying, you have to have an adequate and realistic self-image that you can live with. You weren't living with your, you couldn't live with that, right? You, mm -hmm. you just said you were having like suicidal thoughts almost. Mm -hmm. You couldn't live with it. So it says you must find yourself acceptable to you. You must have a wholesome self-esteem. You must have a self that you can trust and believe in. You must have a self that you're not ashamed to be. Um, you have to feel free to express yourself rather than hide and cover up. You have to have a self that corresponds to reality so that you can function effectively in a real world. You must know yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, be honest. Your self-image must be a reasonable, um, let's see, a, a reasonable description of you being neither more than you are or less than you are. This is, this is so good. Oh my gosh. Because. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I like when you read that, it like almost brings tear tears to my eyes because, you know, especially the way you were reading it is you, 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 you. And it was like, I mean, we're all born perfect. And it was never me that thought those initial thoughts. Like it was of the world telling me that, or people in my life telling me that. And somehow I, or you like believe that. And to me that, I don't know, that's like so mind blowing that I never even thought those things about me to begin with, but somehow they became true to me. You know, goal setting is huge. And that's like, we'll get into all of that at a later time, but when we were going through this self-discovery process and we're trying to figure out what our goal is in life, if you have a limiting self-image, you set low goals, right? You don't, you don't write out these big, beautiful ideas and write out things that you really desire because your self-image is telling you that you're not capable of achieving that. So my goal when I first started was I just wanted to earn $5,000 a month. I didn't know how or if I could even do that, I've, I had only done it once in my life. And so I knew that I wanted more, but I wasn't confident enough in my ability to do that. And I think even when starting this process of, of you know, self-discovery, you will start with a big goal. And then even Logan came up on a moment the other day where she had to revisit her self-image so she could set an even bigger goal. So Logan, what do you uh, what do you think about goal setting and, and self-image? Um, I think like you hit it pretty good when you say, um, you know, if you don't have 
your highest self image in place in your mind, then you're creating a limited belief. Um, and so like Catherine said, I actually literally Monday, I had like this aha moment of realizing that for the past, you know, month and a half, I've had this goal. And although it was like a great goal, like it was going to be what I wanted to do is my passion, you know, it was going to be bringing an in income for me as well. You know, I was so stuck on it. And finally, Monday, I was like, hold up, aha, you know, and <laughs> my goal now has completely changed. And I had to re I mean, rewrite my, you know, quote unquote, power script um, of who I need to be, who, like, who that person looks like achieving that goal. And by doing that, you know, you go to your end result and you ask yourself, you know, who do I need to be? What type of person is this? And then you start, you know, writing it out, listening it, listening to it. And all of a sudden it come becomes true in your subconscious and you become that person. And I mean, that's how we create our negative self-image. So it's obviously the same way when you create a positive one, you just, you start thinking it, you start hearing it, you start saying it. And then all of a sudden it actually becomes true. Yes. You're not going to believe this. <clears throat> I flipped to another random page and it says life becomes worthwhile when you have worthy goals. This is insane. I have to read this little part. Emptiness is a symptom that you're not living creatively. You either have no goal that is important enough to you, or you're not using your talents and efforts and striving toward that important goal. It's the person who has no purpose of his own, who pessimistically concludes that life has no purpose. It's the person who has no goal worth working for, who concludes that life is not worthwhile. It's the person with no important job who complains that there's nothing to do. The individual who is actively engaged in struggle or in striving toward an important goal does not come up with a philosophy concerning the um, uh, the fulfillment of life, basically. So um, I just think that when you sit down and think about where you're at in life right now, and you don't like where you're at, I am a wholehearted, I, I believe wholeheartedly that your results are a direct reflection of what's going on inside. So when we tell people to, to imagine, you know, just like Logan is saying, she had an aha moment because she opened her mind up to more, even more possibility and the power life script or the life script, power script, whatever you want to call it is so cool because you can sit down and practice using your imagination and come up with this beautiful, amazing story of a day in the life of your best self. And then when you go back and you, you reread that, you can analyze, just like she said, what type of person do I need to be or do I want to become in order to achieve these goals? And it's the same way with like, live in your day-to-day -day life, right? When you, when you come into situations, your self-image literally controls every single part of you. I don't know. I just, this topic is, um, is very emotional to me because I, I have people and have had people around me my whole life. And now when I look back on their failures and their stagnant lifestyles, I know that if they would just 
take the time to discover who they think they are and then decide to change it, that their entire life would change. I, I really believe that it's that simple. Mm-hmm. I, I really think so too. And, you know, for anyone out there listening and they're thinking like, no, it's not, I promise you, we both were there, you know? Um, but it is, it's like, people underestimate the power of our mind and all you have to do is flip a switch in it and it will literally change your whole life. I mean, even just, even the, for the small amount of time I have been diving into myself, I have grown so much. I mean, and I think you can say the same thing, Catherine, and all that it took was changing our self-image. All it took was that switch of the brain or your mind. And it it's just reprogramming and like being intentional of what you think. You think something negative, you don't apply emotion to it and you just, you let it be. And when you, you keep telling yourself more powerful and more positive and lightful things and it just, it's crazy. It, it just mm-hmm. happens, you know? Yeah. I will say just, though, um, you're going to have to have a book like every time we do a podcast because you just <laughs> opening up these pages, they've been like spot on. I know. I know. And this one says you are somebody now, not mm-hmm. tomorrow, right? You're talking about um, auto suggestion here. Once again, again, auto suggestion is outlined in books all the way back to like Babylonian age. It's a very, very easy, simple, and effective way to believe something new. And, you know, again, you, you, you think of something, you hear something repeatedly. It could come from someone that you really care about. Maybe you've only heard it one time, but deep down, like your subconscious mind is like a filing cabinet. So when you're, when you're like coming up on an experience, your mind is automatically going to go in this filing cabinet and find all the emotions, the feelings, the scenarios that align with that. And then that's what creates that emotion. That's what makes you internalize it. And you keep telling yourself over and over and over again, how unworthy you are. And so when you, when you write out your new self-image and you decide you don't have to work on all of it at one time, um, you can just say, I am confident, but what does confident mean to you? Confident in what way? Confident doing what? What would you do being confident? If you would just affirm that to yourself every day, apply that emotion of how it would feel for you to really feel confident and show up as your highest self, telling yourself that over and over and over again will create the new belief and you will see people outside of you complimenting you on what has changed. Did you get a new haircut? No. Are you wearing different clothes? No. Your inner dialogue is different. It's crazy how the, it, it's like you emit these energy waves that just flow to everyone around you, even through social media and people can feel they can just feel that you're beginning to love yourself. It's really a beautiful process. Really, it is. I totally agree. And I know that it's been so beautiful for myself and I'm seeing it through you too. And it's been beautiful to watch. Um, but if you could give our listeners like one or maybe two things to do to 
like create a new self-image or um, better their self-image? Like what, what two things do you think are most important that they could be doing to better their self-image? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to go out on a whim here, so don't beat me up, but I think, I think it would be nice if maybe we created just a little um, Canva or Word document, something with a couple of questions to answer, because mm -hmm. I believe that the first step in this is to have the desire for change or to be open-minded to look at it. Um, the next thing would be to analyze who you currently think you are. And sometimes like I went through with a coach that was instructing me to take myself through all these mental scenarios, right? Like one of them was, <clears throat> okay, let's say that you are in this town with all these designer stores and you're with a group of women that want to go shopping in these stores and you guys are buying things to go on stage in front of 10,000 people and you're going to be speaking for three hours straight and that you know like just painting this picture and then how does that make me feel you know when I answered that I felt nervous. I felt like I didn't belong. I didn't feel worthy of shopping at big stores. I didn't think I would have the money. I can't talk on stage. I have a stutter. I'm going to sweat. My armpits are going to be, you know, I just had all these things. So like, maybe we could make something for them where just answering questions to try to dig out who you are. And then really the last thing would be just to think about who you want to be. And in our mm -hmm. material, it talks about um, looking at people that you aspire to be like. So if you see a quality in someone else that you love, you can be that too. You have that in you. You just don't believe it in yourself now. So I would, I would spend time just figuring out who you want to be. And then, you know, we can do a whole nother one on on how, how repetition and how, how repetition works, what's the science behind it, you know, daily methods to do every day, or maybe you could touch on a couple of those, but that's, that's my advice. Yes. I really do like that idea. Um, I think we could totally create a little, um, document and put it up on the Facebook page. Um, speaking of the Facebook page, if you guys want to go like and follow us, it's Hey Babe Conquer Your World on there too. But Catherine, I do have to say something. Okay. So you say you have a stutter. You realize I've never thought you had a stutter. Really? Really? Like, so <laughs> That's crazy because you're like, oh no, I can't be that because I have a stutter. And I'm like, wait, like you've said it a couple of times on here. And I'm like, I've, I've never heard you. Like, I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll be talking and you're like, um, but I think we all do that. I don't really think that's a stutter when I think stutter, I think like, I, 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 you know, but I've never it's, heard that. It's when I say the M's, I literally have to consciously stop and think about saying words that start with M. I don't know. I'm like, mm, like I can't spit it out. And I used to be a stutterer with all words. Like I couldn't say T's and I's and O's and it would be like, uh, 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 you know, I, I couldn't spit it out. So I've, I've conquered the majority of them, but I, when you said, do you want to read on this podcast or do you want me to? I was like, I'm going to do it because I'm sure there's a word in there that has an M and I'm not going to be able to say it and I'm going to push through it. So I don't know if I stuttered while reading this time, but this is part of conquering that fear. 
And I love it because, I mean, that's really cool that you don't hear a stutter. That really makes me feel good because it makes, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show, like you said in your old self-image, you had a stutter and now you don't affirm that. And I like you reading that, I never heard you like stutter on any single word. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to go back and listen now, but I didn't, I really didn't. And so like, that just goes to show, like you started affirm, like, did you focus on affirming? Like, I do not have a stutter or, you know, I'm so happy. I don't, I don't say that I don't have anything, but I say, I, I speak how to, um, I speak effectively and with ease, or I, I speak, with conviction. I am well, I speak well with conviction, something like that. Yeah. I I've written that over and over and over again. And when I visualize, I just visualize myself. Like, you know, when you can hear someone talking about something and you're so mesmerized that you could just stare at them and watch the whole video. Mm -hmm. There's this woman in our group and you introduced me to her shout out to Brooke Zook from Honeybrook. But when Brooke goes live on Facebook, there's something about the way she speaks that gets me so stuck. That's who I visualize myself as being like, I want to get on a stage or a live or a podcast or something and speak with so much conviction and have so much power behind what I'm saying and not use all the filler words and just really come from my soul. And that, yeah, that's my goal. And in that is not a stutter whatsoever. <laughs> Well, my friend, you speak very powerful on this podcast and I think we're still working on the filler words, but you speak very, yeah, but you speak very um, confident and powerful. So it is working. I love that. What are you working on affirming now in your self-image, Logan? Um, I am one, let me get this. I currently am affirming I think my biggest one is that I am a leader a creator and a powerful coach really I mean I think it's more of like what I need so um just being you know I still we're all human so I still battle with my self-image on days too and so with taking on a new career, that's kind of what I'm um, affirming, just being a leader, a creator, and a powerful coach. I love that. And you know, Logan has taken action towards this because she's now dedicated herself to going live every single day and doing a coaching for her audience. And I believe that is you stepping into your leadership role, right? You know something that maybe others don't know and you interpret it in your way and you speak with conviction and teach them every single day. So before, would you have done something like that? Oh no. I think I've talked to you about this. I literally, it, I could always go like my business before, you know, my cryptocurrency biz, like going live in there. It was always like, I would randomly like be like, you know what? I'm going to go live, like press the live button and go be so confident and everything. But the minute you'd be like, Oh, go live on your Facebook page. It was like, Oh, I'm a turtle in a shell and not happening. So me, you know, making the commitment to go live every day on my Facebook page was a big, well, it is, I mean, it just happened this week. So I'm still 
you know, working through the kinks and the confidence and everything. But I, I know I told you yesterday, um, that yesterday was the first day that I was not scared to go live and I was fully confident in what I was teaching. So I know it's working. I know I'm moving my body closer to being what I'm affirming. And it's just, it's peaceful knowing that it is actually like, I'm actually changing and I'm I am becoming who I want. Wow. So I opened the book again. Here goes Kat with the intuition. (laughs) This is set. It says insecurity. The feeling of insecurity is based on a concept or belief of inner inadequacy. If you feel that you do not measure up to what's required, you feel insecure. A great deal of insecurity is not due to the fact Um, let's see, not due to the fact that our inner resources are actually inadequate, but due to the fact that we're using a false measuring stick. We -hmm. compare our actual ability to an imagined ideal, perfect or absolute self. Thinking of yourself in terms of absolute induces insecurity. So this goes to what Kathleen says, what are you comparing yourself to? That was so powerful when I first heard her say that. So like going live on Facebook, you know, I have always been, oh gosh, I was so nervous going live. Actually, the first live I ever did was on cryptocurrency and I had no idea what I was talking about. And so when I was going live, I was comparing myself to my upline, not the 10 million people below me that didn't go live or that were worse than me. Not that you're better than anybody, but when you're in that inner battle, why do we always compare ourselves to the couple of people that are doing better, so to speak, or doing it more, doing it more adequately in our minds? We always do that. And at that point, you're saying, you know, I am not enough, or I'll never have that or whatever, when you're comparing, because I mean, truth be told, like no one's comparing and they're like, wow, that girl just made 10,000 this month. I'm going to do that. No, it's more so, wow, that girl just made 10,000. I'm never going to be able to do that. So you're affirming Mm -hmm. what, what you think, like when you speak and you put energy to it. And honestly, the more you keep doing that, I mean, it's never going to change. Your mind works with whatever you tell it, it is true. And so the longer you look at what you don't have or who you are not is going to continue to be what you don't have and who you are not. Yep. And we will continue to come here twice a week and reiterate that you need to think about what you want, who you are becoming, who you already are on the inside versus always thinking of the negative. Like one big thing for me was in traffic. I used to be a road raging biatch. Literally, I would, (laughs) I was not in the present moment. I would see a car three miles ahead of me going slow. And I'd already be planning how I'm going to get around that person. I would scream. I would honk my horn. I was, I don't know why I was so angry, but now when I get in traffic, I'm like, wow, thank you for giving me the time to actually slow down and look at the flowers on the side of the road. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's literally just choosing in every single moment of your day to focus on the good, find the good in all. There's so much power in that perspective, baby. 
Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think we pretty much covered all the things today. I know when we come back next Wednesday, um, let me see, I think, being all quiet, sorry, I'm trying to, (laughs) it's okay. Um, Next Wednesday, we are going to be talking um, more self-image. The title of it is I wrote her, then I became her. So we'll actually be, that's, I guess, where we'll be talking the steps and we'll make sure to have a worksheet before that one goes out on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think actually that that's a pretty cool way to do this. We really, really want to interact with our audience because it's very fulfilling to see that our words impact other people. Um, So we would love to be with you on your journey because you are all here on our journey and we can all look back on this and applaud ourselves a year from now. So um, I think having like little worksheets and, um, you know, maybe a, a recap here and there or something in the Facebook page will be awesome. So we appreciate everyone's patience while we work all this stuff out. This is a work in progress. Yes, it is. And I'm so happy and excited for this. Um, But (laughs) do you have any last words? Um, No, I don't think so. I know this book is really good. I highly, highly, highly suggest that you guys get this. Um, I'm going to put a book list in our in our podcast group, because there are so many goodies. The secrets of the ages are locked up in books. And instead of watching Netflix and Hulu and TikTok, I highly encourage you to get these books out and start reading and learning about yourself. But that's all I got, you guys. Thank you so much for coming and we will see you next time. Bye.